0: Happy New Year, everybody. How's everybody doing on this fine day? Come on, anybody c- celebrate this new year with family and friends and overeating? I know exactly what you're talking about with overeating. But hey, here's the thing. With each new year comes a hope of a better year. Isn't it? We, we look forward to the new year, especially if we've had a hard year. And we say things, we make resolutions like, I'm going to go to the gym more anybody ever say that? I say that all the time. Right? And we turn up for the first day, and we're doing well. Turn up for the second day, we're doing well. Then we turn up for the third day, we're doing really good. But then we're like, you know what? I'll just go again on Monday. Monday comes and like, well, maybe next Monday. Well, here's another one. I'm gonna eat better. <laughs> I'm gonna eat better, right? And we end up having a oh, I'm just gonna have a cheap meal. Then your cheap meal turns into a cheat week and ends up being a cheat year. But here's another one. I'm going to pray and read my Bible more. And that's quite a noble thing to do, and we should do. But quite often, we kind of fail. We think, oh, what's the point, right? I'm going to make a difference this year. And we end up doing the same thing we did the, the year before. Or it's just like my, my yearly prayer. Lord, increase my wallet and decrease my waistline. But please don't get it mixed up like you did last year. Right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But what a year 2021 was. It was a tough year, and it's a year that we kind of like hope that you know we're kind of glad that we can put it behind us, because 2021 brought brought more of the same from 2020. But not only were we contending with the COVID pandemic, but we were also navigating government mandates, the vaccine, and division. There was so much division, right? Even in families and our workplaces, in the church. It was crazy. And we end, up, we end up saying things like, someone needs to do something about this mess, right? The government needs to do a better job. Someone needs to hold the government accountable. Oh, the church. The church should hold the government accountable. Oh, well, the church should be doing something about it. But here's a better question. What can I do about it? What can I do about it? Here's the thing. We forever want to pass the buck. Is there pass the buck in the house? There's past the ants and there's past the buck, <laughs> right? We always, just like Adam and Eve in the garden when, when Adam took bite of the fruit, what does he do? He blames the woman. It was the woman that you gave me. Then he blames God. God, if you never created the woman, but we're so good at passing the buck. But we need to ask the better question what can I do about it? We need to take responsibility. And we're like, well, I can't change the world. Well, that may be true, but you can change someone's world. Come on, you can make make a difference right around you. You don't have to give up your job and become an activist or, or start something new. Just make a difference right where you are. Because in order to bring about change, we must realize that change begins with me. In order to bring about change, we must realize that change begins with me. The good news is, we can choose how we step into the new year. Because the cross is not just a symbol of our sins being forgiven, but it's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to step into a new way of living, into a new humanity. And I love it how Jesus begins this famous sermon. It's the most famous sermon in the entire world. There's no greater sermon than this. And the reason why it's the greatest sermon is is because Jesus preached it. And it's called the Sermon on the Mount, and it's found in Matthew chapter 5. And in our Bibles, it goes from chapter 5 to chapter 7. And Jesus begins to describe what it looks like when you step into this new way of living, right? What it looks like when you step into this new humanity. What it looks like when the kingdom of God comes here to earth. And Jesus starts this discourse with what is known as the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes is, comes from the Latin word butis, which means blessed. And another way to describe blessed is with the phrase wonderful news. Because this is God's wonderful news. The kingdom of God is coming to earth, and this is what it looks like. And it's wonderful news. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Now, Matthew, he's drawing our our attention to the Old Testament, right? To Exodus, and there we find Moses. And Moses gets called to a mountain. Oh, that's, hey, there's a mountain there, and what, what happens on the mountain? God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. What's the, what's the purpose of the Ten Commandments? It was to instruct the people how to live. But not only that, but to how to be a different people from the nations around them. In fact, if you live according to these ways, I'll tell you, they will draw these nations to God. It's about being a good example to these nations. But here, Matthew was, is, is drawing our attention to Moses, but Jesus is a greater and better Moses. And just, as Moses, just like Moses, God gave the law to the people, so now Jesus is about to instruct his people how to live and how to become a different people, a kingdom people, different from all the other earthly kingdoms. And he begins to lay it out. And he said in verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, the people who are poor in spirit are totally dependent on God. That is less about me, but more about you. I'm poor in who I am, but I want to be rich in who you are. They are ready to be taught and stared by God. Their the, the, the people say, "I am the clay, and you are the potter. May you mold me in the way that you want me to be. Your will be done, and not mine." Isn't this contrary to the way the world thinks? Right? It's about my will. My will be done. I want to redefine what is good and evil in my own eyes. It's the upside down world, right? The Beatitudes. It's the upside down world to how the world sees things. The rich in spirit are full of themselves. They're so full of themselves, all they see is what's in it for me. What can I get out of it? And they walk around looking for people to criticize and put out, point out someone's mistakes. They don't see the log in their own eyes, but they, <laughs> they see the speck in everyone else's, right? Hey, look, look at, look at you. You, you. You're not doing it right. The poor in spirit seek the best, best interest in others. That's what the poor in spirit do. They seek the best interest in others. They're totally dependent on God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, Jesus is not saying that those who mourn will constantly be in a state of self-pity. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, is those who mourn, they have this hope. They have a hope that this world will be made right. The way things are now will not remain so forever. Right? This COVID, COVID pandemic is not going to remain like this forever. Church online it's not going to remain so forever. Those who mourn will be comforted because they know that the kingdom of heaven is the only hope for the world. They believe that the gospel will transform lives and form a new humanity. That when you're invited in and you step into this new way of living, we will begin to change our, the environment around us. We'll begin to change our families. We'll be, begin to change our communities. This is what it looks like when we invite Jesus into our lives. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, there's a tendency to view that meekness is weakness. But meekness is controlled strength. There is so much strength in meekness. See, the, the meek do not use their strength to lord it over people or belittle others. Right? Right? See, God will not bless the world through bossy people who bully others to get their way. But God will do it through people who are humble. That I'm in a position where I can bless people. I'm in a position, in a position where I can be of help. Come on. Let's not look down on people unless we're never look down on people unless you're helping them up. Come on. God wants to bless people through people who are humble. Blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. Verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. See, God will bless, bless the world through people who hunger and thirst for justice and have a passion to put things right. When you see, the, uh, when you see something in our neighborhood, that's not right. People will go and, and make a difference. People who see the need in our community and they, and, and they meet those needs without judging people. So, well, you know, you need to get off the benefit. You need to stop doing this. But you know what? I'm going to come and be a blessing anyway. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to bless you. People who love God and, and, and love people, wouldn't it be great if we prayed that every day? Lord, help me love you more. Help me love those around you, around me more. Wouldn't it be great to love Jesus more? Lord, may I love you more more than I ever loved you before. May I love the people more. See, it's easy to to say that, to love people more, especially those around us, especially those close to us. But how about loving those who annoy us? How about loving those that we see as our enemy? Lord, help me love them more. Come on. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, righteousness, for they will be filled. Verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Now, showing mercy means to act on behalf of your neighbor. Right? Does that sound good? Oh, that sounds great just as long as they're not my neighbor. Oh, yeah, of course, I'll act on behalf of my neighbor just as long as they don't play their music really loud like my neighbor or my neighbor who doesn't cut their lawns or my neighbor who was constantly arguing and bickering, right? Well, how about praying for your neighbor? How about loving your neighbor? How about going out of your way to help your neighbor? How about understanding your neighbor? You know, I once had a neighbor and he swore constantly, swore at his children, swore at his partner, swore at his dog, and he was always drinking. It'll be midday, he'll be drinking. And he would be inviting me over for a drink up at his house. And I'd be like, no, I'm the good Christian. It's okay, I'm going to go to church. And remember one Sunday he invited me over for a drink. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to church. I'm a Christian. And as I was walking to the car, God speaks to me. And he says to me, you know, every day your neighbor invites you over. But not once, not once have you invited him to church. Not once have you invited him to home group. Not once have you invited him into your life. And honestly, I felt so convicted. And I went up to him and I went, hey, would you like to come to church? And, his, and he, didn't, he didn't come to church, but his response did surprise me. He said to me, I do need a change. But he says every time he opens up his fridge and he sees beer and he just can't, and he just can't do it. And he said to me, can you pray for me? And I said, look, I can pray for you. And every Sunday when I'll go to church, he'll call out to me and goes, Ants, don't forget to pray for me. And I go, okay, I'll pray for you. I would like to say that this has a happy ending. I would like to say that he became a Christian. But what did happen is that his son grew up and his son became a full-on believer for Jesus. I don't know what, where he is today, but I believe that God had a plan for his life. Come on. Can you love your neighbor? Can you love them? Even if they annoy you, have you invited them to church? Have you invited their workmate to church or to, to your home group? They've invited you to golf. They've invited you out. But you're not once have you invited them. Blessed are the peacemakers. Oh, blessed are the pure in heart. Oh, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The pure in heart are those without mixed motives, right? They do things because that is the right thing to do. Have you ever had that, those, those, those moments when, when you're at work and, and your, your boss asks you to do something? And you finish a job and you decide to have a bit of a break, but you see another workmate, they're struggling. You could help them, but hey, you know what? I'm just doing what I've been asked to do. I'm not going to go over and above. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. See, the pure in heart are those without mixed motives. They do not do things because there is something in it for them. Right, I'm only going to do this if, 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 I, if I benefit from this, you, whether you're at work or whether you're in a ministry, and, or if I do this, then maybe I'll be noticed. But it's about doing things even if you don't get the credit, even if it means that someone else gets the credit. Right? That's what the pure, pure and heart is. is, is with, there's no motives in it. I'm doing this to be a blessing. I'm going to bless someone, and they're not going to know that I'm blessing them. They do it because they know it is the right thing to do. It's not about me and about pushing me for, What's is the upside-down view, right? The, 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 the way the world thinks, it's about only do something if you benefit from it. The kingdom of God is about do things if you can help someone else, if you can bless someone else, they, who don't have mixed motives. It's about me. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. First, to be a peacemaker in the kingdom means to have unity of the kingdom as a central focus is about being seeking peace within the church without any division come on there's been so much division it is our job to seek the peace of those around us our brothers and sisters in the faith and the other sense of which we become peacemakers is by pursuing harmony between human beings in our workplaces with our neighbour right not waiting for them to say sorry we quite often say well I'll only forgive them if they say sorry right come on. It's not about that at all. It's about seeking the peace of other people. It's about going going to them and saying, hey, can you please forgive me? I remember somebody offended me deeply, and I had bad thoughts about them. In fact, something bad happened to them, and I remember feeling really happy about it. I was going, what's up with this feeling? And, And I knew that wasn't right. So I messaged them. I said, come on, can we do coffee? And I sat down with them and I said, please forgive me. And they go, why? You did nothing. I said, look, I've had bad feeling towards you. Please forgive me. And we reconciled. It wasn't about me being vindicated. It was about me reconciling. It is about me seeking the peace. Seeking the peace of what's going on right where we are. Come on. God has called us to be ambassadors of peace. Verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What's really interesting is there are eight Beatitudes, but nine blesseds, right? Because the eighth one, what Jesus says, blessed twice. And and I I really believe that is because he's emphasizing the fact that, that If you're going to follow him, you are going to be persecuted. Jesus is saying that by living in this paradigm, by embracing this approach to life, you will be persecuted. Isn't it interesting that every belief in society is tolerated unless you're a Christian? Isn't that interesting? Every belief is tolerated, right? (laughs) But as soon as you say that you're a Christian, all of a sudden eyes roll. Okay, that's cool, you're a Christian, but don't you bring your Christian to to our workplace don't you bring that Christianity to our school places? Verse 11 is the second blessed for, for the eighth beatitude. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. See, the church in the West, by, by and large, has escaped harsh persecution as experienced in other parts of the world by believers. It's really interesting that, that when we feel a little bit of pressure here in the West, we get all up in arms. But Jesus is, is speaking to his disciples about a radical way of life that reflects this, the ideals of the kingdom of heaven. He seems to imply that persecution is the result of practicing his teaching and believing in him. If you're a believer, Persecution will come your way. And in the West, by and large, we've, we've escaped harsh persecution. But when we feel a little bit of persecution, we're up in arms. But Jesus say, hey, hey, this is, the, this is the cost of following me. See, the Beatitudes is contrary to the world standards. It's the upside down, or more truly, the right way up. But what does this mean for us? How do we live in such a way? It seems nice doesn't it? Hey, Jesus, this seems nice, but we are not you. And knowing my track record with every good thing I do, I end up messing it up, right? But here's the thing. The Beatitudes is not meant to be this ethical to-do list of how I get to heaven, but rather a way of life. It's what our life looks like when we grow in relationship with Jesus. Did you get that? It's what our life looks like when we grow in relationship with Jesus. And that's the key, relationship. See, my relationship with Jesus determines my future. My relationship determines my future. See, when I was growing up, man, I hated going to church. I certainly didn't read my Bible. And when I was growing up, every year we we would have the Sunday school exam and I would get the bottom mark every time. I think the only thing I wrote in my exam was my name. But church to me seems so irrelevant to my life. But there came a moment in my life when I realized that my life was heading in a destructive direction. Has that ever happened to you when you realize that if I keep on this path, I'm going to head into a destructive part of my life? And I tried to do good things. I really did. I tried to do the right things, but I just kept messing up. But what changed is when I encountered Jesus. We walked into this church, and and I I remember Puro, Puro, my wife, made a decision to follow Jesus. But I felt so unworthy, and I felt God say to me, come as you are. And I said, but Lord, my life is so messy. And God said, come as you are, and I'll deal with the rest. And that day we dedicated our lives to God and our lives changed. And, and all of a sudden, I found myself reading the Bible more. Not because I had to, but because I wanted to. I found myself wanting to go to church. Not because I had to, but because I wanted to. I found, it, I found myself treating people way much better. I found that I started acting differently in, in, in ways that, that, that brought honor to people. I found that I started to to seek the benefit of others. So what changed? What changed? Where I failed before, why was I winning now? And you know what the difference was? My relationship changed. (laughs) My relationship with Jesus changed. I went from just knowing about God, I went from knowing about Jesus, to having a relationship with Jesus. Jesus. Come on, my relationship determines my future. See, the Beatitudes is is not a to-do list, but it's about a relationship with Jesus. It's not about having it all together, but it's about having Jesus in your life, right? The more I walk with Jesus, the more he will transform my life. Come on, the more I follow him, the more things change. The more I try to do it in myself, the more I try to do it in my own strength, I fail every time. But when I'm poor, when I'm poor in spirit, I God, come on, fill me. May I be dependent on you. That's when I begin to win. Come on, my relationship, is the, my relationship with Jesus determines my future. Come on, in doing so, we model what God's kingdom Actually, looks like it's about surrendering our life to Him. It's about Lord, mold me. You are the Potter, and I am the clay. See, my relationship determines my future. Come on, I, I want to read Matthew chapter one, Matthew chapter five, verse one to twelve, and this is the NT Right translation. And it goes like this: verse one. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the hillside. He sat down. His disciples came to him. He took a deep breath and he began his teaching. Wonderful news for the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is yours. Wonderful news for the mourners. You're going to be comforted. Wonderful news for the meek. You're going to inherit the earth. Wonderful news for people who hunger and thirst for God's justice. You're going to be satisfied. Wonderful news for the merciful, you will receive mercy yourselves. Wonderful news for the pure in heart, you will see God. Wonderful news for the peacemakers, you will be called children of God. Wonderful news for people who are persecuted because of God's way. The kingdom of heaven belongs to you. Wonderful news for you when people slander you and persecute you and say all kinds of wicked things about you falsely because of me. Celebrate and rejoice. There's a great reward for you in heaven. That's how they persecuted the prophets who went before you. Come on. For the next 21 days, join us as we commit 2022 in prayer. And let us be transformed and model God's kingdom right here on earth through the Beatitudes. My relationship determines my future. My relationship determines my future.